Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler. Dr. Kathy Greenberg, my esteemed host, is here today, and, and between Kathy and I, we have helped thousands of leaders to perform in the top 10%, and we're always trying to give you tips, tools to be your best, and today we really want to zero in on motivation to be your best. Now, whether that's you or how do you motivate the people that you lead, because we're really focusing on uh, leaders uh, in organizations that can also be leaders in your family, so... We're focusing on what top performers do in the moment to be this top performer. And we have this concept in our new book, Emotional Brilliance. And what do you do in the moment to be your best? You know, what do you summon? What do you bring forward? What do you lean on? And also, what kind of emotions do top performers uh, experience? And really today, how do we best motivate our people to be their best in spite of all the emotions we're experiencing with the uh, COVID pandemic, you know, about 42% of people are experiencing anxiety and and or depression. You know, we have the vaccine that is upon us, and now people are more anxious when's their term uh, time come up. So our goal is to really help you expand, improve, and select the best emotional competencies and strengths for you to master the moment. And Kathy, welcome to the show. Thanks, Relly. Um, it's good to be here. Um, looking at what's going on in the world as we're talking today, and very soon I understand there's going to be a uh, video uh, or Zoom blackout uh, across uh, some school districts who are, you know, very. Uh, I guess concerned, as most of us uh, would be, about our children uh, continuing to stay at home. We have a lot of parents who are in leadership roles, who are in team roles, who are uh, supporting uh, their families. And it must be so difficult, you think about it, so difficult and so challenging uh, for everyone to find that right balance, you know. And we look at so many of the statistics that are changing uh, pretty rapidly uh, on a weekly basis. And um, overall, things are really, really getting complicated. You know, as we've said in some of our prior shows, uh, 93% of employees say that they're more likely to stay with an employer who's uh, more empathetic to them, um, there's a loyalty factor now. Uh, a lot of people who uh, who've been loyal have stayed loyal, mostly for job security. But employees who um, you know who feel that their voices are being heard, at least in the workplace, are about you know almost five times more likely to feel empowered to perform at their best, and so. You see these complexities currently throughout our environment. So hopefully today we'll share some of our insights from some of the work 
that we've been doing through the Emotional Brains Academy and uh, how to really leverage emotional intelligence so that everybody can truly be their best. One of the things, Kathy, like we uh, zero in on is just this kind of metaphor of the difference between emotional intelligence and emotional brilliance is if you think about a, of a target and the bullseye is really in the moment, you know, like you're talking about parents concerned. I hadn't really heard about the you know blackout on Zoom, but, you know, with so much going on, there is all this anxiety for them and the same thing in the organizations. And everybody looks to the leader to be able to assess what's going on. We like to talk about the leader is really the, like the mind of the team. You know, and is, is their mind calm? Are they uh, calm, cool, collected, you know, resilient? Because everybody looks to them, whether it's in the family or on the team. And I think, Kathy, what we end up with a lot of folks that we talk about in, in organizations, most leaders underestimate their influence. They don't realize that people are checking them out uh, all the time and see how they're dealing with the anxiety. You know, and I think, you know, we both have kids and you kind of have that that scene where your two-year-old falls and they uh, fall flat, you know, on on their face, on their knees, and then they look at the parent and they look at the parent. It's almost like, am I okay? And usually with the first child, you know, the parents are like, oh, no, they freak out and they run to them. And then as soon as the, the child sees the parent freaking out, they start crying. And the second child usually is a co-opposite story. The child falls. They look at the parent. Am I okay? And the parent's like, oh, you're all right. You're fine. And then they don't cry. Well, in a bigger picture, that's what happens with leaders. You know, everybody looks at them to evaluate how, how am I doing. And I think that's uh, uh, important for leaders to realize, and that's why many of us underestimate just how much influence we have. So we're going to be talking a little bit more about some tools and tips, you know, about motivation for yourself, but also for others. You know, it's interesting when you hear about what people are doing these days to keep themselves engaged uh, and motivated, a large majority of people are, are stating uh, that, um, you know, they, they do feel a sense of commitment. They do feel a sense of satisfaction in being able uh, to work the job that they, they have. If they don't have to commute, it certainly saves people a lot of time. But for those of, uh, those of us who are getting back on planes, uh, going back uh, to the road, uh, there seems to be an uptick here in how people are feeling uh, about that travel. And I think what's going to be interesting in today's show is to talk about what is it each of us can do to motivate ourselves and the people around us uh, to really do what they do best uh, instead of having to tear themselves in two or in three Uh, or possibly even in four, if they have not only a challenging environment in which they are working at home, but they could also be responsible for elder care. Uh, They could also be responsible for child care uh, outside the home. You know, some daycare centers that are very specialized are still open, 
And uh, it used to be a, a, a difficult enough task to motivate yourself to get up and get your kids off to school and get yourself to work. Now it, you have to get up, get the kids ready for their you know, online school. If you have one who's back in daycare, you're driving them. And then with elder care on top of that, gosh, who knows how many times you're actually driving in a day to get, you know, resources, groceries, medication to those people who you support who can't, right? So, you know, this is a time for leaders to really think about what is it? What is it a leader needs to do in these challenging times to remain that individual who can truly motivate their people. And, uh, Kathy, to follow up a, a little bit on some of the stats you said, the one in particular I think is really important for our listeners is this one that employees, and it can be like we're saying your family, want to hear their voices heard, you know, are almost five times more likely to feel empowered to perform. So really one of the key things for us as leaders is really to listen and sometimes bite our tongue about giving advice, bite our tongue about trying to be uh, Mr. or Mrs. Uh, Fix-It. You know, and I think for managers, that seems like, oh, that's my job. I'm supposed to fix everything. And really being able to uh, hold off and, and hear from others, and this is where this empathy comes in and really making sure you understood them, seek first to understand before you're understood. Such basic uh, information, but I think for all of us, what if you were to listen for another minute or two minutes? We call these these micro initiatives. Could I listen a little more, and could I listen a little better? Is really important, you know, especially if you're in a leadership position. You know, the other thing you know, I want to mention, Kathy, just looking at some yeah. of this, is mm-hmm. you know, 51% of U.S. workers say they get their sense of identity from their job. And so right. who they are, Absolutely. you know, it's the half of them. And do they feel empowered? Do they feel honored? Do they feel um, acknowledged for what they do? And, you know, it's, it's interesting. A lot of employers, uh, and you know who you are if you're listening, are so focused on retaining their customer base with their services or their offerings or their products that they are becoming short-sighted of the need to take care of their people first. And we've learned this lesson so many times. And, you know, Relly, you and I have been around the business world, the consulting world, and certainly the coaching world long enough to know that good leaders, great leaders, the leaders who've been able to withstand these challenges for far greater time than we have been enduring this pandemic, have won their people and their productivity through the motivation that they provided by focusing on the people first. And your stakeholders will take care of your stockholders. And we forget that. We forget sometimes that it's not about making sure that things get out of the, um, we'll put it in the virtual office, you know, through email or text messages or whatever else you're out there marketing through, what's important is the spirit with which the people that you are leading feel engaged, 
uh, feel um, as though there's a culture uh, of care and influence that is a positive influence and doesn't add to the stress that they're already dealing with. So I hope today's show is going to really bring some of this to light. Right. And, I, you know, I'm obviously excited to get into some of the meat of it. Uh, obviously, our listeners have been with us for 14 years and some who are joining us from around the world uh, don't know all about us. But I think the most important thing to share really before we get into the meat of the subject today is, you know, we're both very uh, well-published authors, multiple books. Uh, you know, we both have um, some free iApps that people can go and take a look at. Uh, you have leadership keys, and I have your happiness now. Uh, they can go to their app store and pick those up. Obviously, our newest book, Emotional Brilliance, Living a Stressless, Fearless Life, also offers a platform, and we're certainly, uh, constantly, I am anyway, giving it away to people. Please go to eblifebook.com backslash free trial and just take a look and see if there's anything in there that's going to help you not only think about your leadership style, but the way you're living your life, how you're interacting with people, and how to get the best out of people, which is what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, Catherine, and I think what's important uh, is now what we're having on our website, you know, is the free trial, but then also a lot of what things we're talking about, we're having some free downloads or templates that people can, you know, immediately use. So if you go to eblife.com slash academy, you know, you'll be able to sign up for the seven-day free trial, but then there's always going to be linked kind of a bonus um, template that you can immediately use because... You know, Kathy and I are always trying to help people to be better in the moment. And then so with that, Kathy, as we kind of get into how do you do that, one of the things that that we really know this is for yourself because we're looking at both sides. You know, what do you do to motivate yourself? What do you do to motivate others? Is really coming up with a a kind of a vision. Uh, What's your ideal goal? What is your best self look like? And, you know, as, as Kathy and I are both coaches, often that starts coaching to talk about, well, what's your goal? What's your, you know, what's your uh, best self? And as people think about that, they actually start painting a picture of that. They start visualizing that. And it kind of brings into focus who or what that best self does and what it looks like. And so that really has a magnetic pull. Um, one of the leaders in emotional intelligence, Richard Boyatis at Case Western, has a fancy name for that, is a positive emotional attractor. So let's say with your, if you're a leader and talking to your, your team, you know, really talking about, well, what's your plan here? What's your goal? Where do you want to be? Um, what's your vision for this project? What's your vision for how you're developing your team? You know, using those terms really helps them paint a vision. And then when you paint a vision, it's like a destination. Like, oh, that's where I'm going. You know, and without having a clear goal or destination, one, you're not going to get there. But two, it's the energy that is brought up. And given, Kathy, what we've been talking about, the there's so much going on, there's so much worry about 
things, and it almost pulls us away from this positive emotional attractor. Often our current reality is can be negative. It can be full of anxiety. It can be full of things that aren't working, and those are negative emotional attractors. So as a leader or as a parent with your with your kids, really talking about kind of their vision. Where do you want to go? Where do you see this? Where do you see yourself going with that? Uh, is what's most important to start off these conversations. And, you know, Rally, what I find really interesting is uh, we know, and many of our listeners know from the great work that they've been doing for many, many years, that finding your best self first, right, working from inside to the outside, always has to be the first step because of those positive uh, emotional attractors. But, you know, I, I, I want to just pause for a second because just taking the, uh, just the devil's advocacy for a second, uh, and I'm just going to be a little devil, not a big devil, but, you know, <laughs> so good. many people want to start, right, with somebody else. You know, it's yeah. like... They don't. They don't want to model the self-directed change that we're yeah. going to talk about. I know in today's show, they immediately they want to go after whoever it is that they perceive is preventing them from being their best self and triggering them so much that in fact their positive emotional attractor becomes a detractor. So. You know, we're going to go to a quick break, but um, I'm very excited about today's show. And forgive me for playing a little devil here, but, you know, we all talk all right. about being our best. But unfortunately, it's hard to be our best when there's those, you know, little people in our lives who take a big role uh, and yeah. they, they just, they trigger us all the time. So don't go away, everybody. You're listening to Leadership Development News. And today we're going to talk about being your best self and how to get there. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better? What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, Books and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Are you a fearless leader? Fearless leaders stop at nothing to win while engaging others through positive action. Fearless leaders operate with a strong sense of freedom. They embrace the courage to fail. They respond to challenges with resilience. They operate from a higher consciousness and they excel through a mindset for success to increase everyone's ROL or return on leadership. You can too. Let Dr. Kathy Greenberg and a rare team of special operations coaches help you realize your 
full potential at fearlessleadersgroup.com. The Fearless Leaders Group applies a powerful coach approach beyond tools and techniques by fundamentally transforming a leader's core abilities and approaches to any business in as little as 90 days. Act now and receive a free bonus. Go to fearlessleadersquiz.com. Take the free assessment and find out what you are truly capable of. Go to fearlessleadersquiz.com to find the fearless leader in you and discover how being fearless truly equals freedom. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers, and Kathy and I are doing this show today to talk about how to be your best uh, and around motivation. So not only how do you, can you be your best, but how can you help others? So we talked about starting off with what is the goal, what's your ideal vision, and then talking about, well, where am I now? So it's sometimes talking about that as the gap, the delta. So where do I want to go? Where am I now? And being honest about the current reality and then when you have that, where do you want to go, trying to get specifically, what does it look like, using some of those visual vision words, where are you today, then you end up coming up with a learning plan. And this is a, a model of self-directed change that Richard Boyatis has been popularizing, you know, really since the 70s. He has a book called Helping People Change that uh, will have this. So you go from the vision to current reality, and then, so what's your plan? You know, this can be in your family. This can be in your team. Everybody has performance reviews. What's your plan? How are you going to get there? And then one thing I really like, Kathy, is this idea of what's, what's something that you can experiment with? Just that term experiment makes it like you're a scientist, and it's a hypothesis that you're trying something out, you know, versus that you're locked into it. And with this idea of experiment, you can always come back and evaluate. What do you tweak? What do you do more? What do you do less? And then the other piece of this, when you're committed to the goal and, uh, of moving forward, is who can support you? Often we know just sharing your plan of what you want to do with somebody else raises the commitment. You know, we have this thing called the law of consistency. And we all want to be consistent. So if I tell someone I'm working on being a better listener, I'm working on delegating more, I'm working on uh, trying to be more patient, well, one, they are a support for you, but they're also an accountability. And, and we all want to stay with what we commit to. So that model is really important. And then, uh, Kathy, we know from some of the assessments that can measure where you're at, there's a one about self-actualization that we know from the emotional quotient inventory. And someone who's high in self-actualization is energized. They 
have a life of meaning, you know, and, and what is that, you know, has their contribution. They're motivated to be their best, and they have this high achievement, meaning they, they go for it. You get this energy, it's fuel, and they go for it. So let me just well, you know, pause there before we get yeah, into a case study. Yeah, I just want to say, as you're talking about the um, the idea of this model, I call it the model, actually, my interpretation is it's the model for self-directed action, you know, because change is a nice word, but it also, it freaks people out, you know, I mean, uh-huh. there's so much going on around people sometimes, the idea of telling somebody, look, you've got to change, or, you know, yeah. look inside yourself for the change, I mean, regardless of how you present it, right? Right. The word change, it's a trigger for many people. So I, I use the word uh, model for self-directed action, but it's like very that. similar. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a way to embrace the Boyatzis um, model. Right. But for me, what's really uh, critical here, and for those of you who are listening, you're going to get this right away, that self-directed action is going to be very hard for a person who has low self-actualization because, obviously, they're not pursuing enjoyable things or whatever it is they're pursuing certainly isn't giving them meaning in life. And because so many people nowadays, you know, are in that transitional state between being their best self especially during, you know, the challenges uh, of working from home with other, we'll say, uh, uh, distractions. Just think about that, really. I mean, how do we, it's so easy for us, especially as coaches, to talk about getting people to, to follow a model, right, if, if they have a way of being that already balances you know, their, their high to medium self-actualization, right? As you just described, they are energized. They are passionate. They are enthusiastic. Right. They may even be spiritual, right, and find it through their affiliation with a, a, a belief. Um, and they're achievement-oriented to begin with. What, what I have a feeling many people are thinking um, as they're listening to the show is, well, how do I get the unmotivated people? To get on board, I just right. want to let everybody know that Relly and I are going to be posting uh, notes and uh, all these free resources like the model for self-directed change and some of the things that we share on the show now more regularly. They're going to be posted not only on our website, uh, eblifebook.com uh, backslash learn. Uh, or the, um, we said before, eblifebook.com, uh, the free trial. But you can also get them at the Leadership Development News site. We're going to be posting a link there uh, that will take you to those free bonuses. And we want you to get them, so please do. And it's important uh, as we go through the shows and we, we give you some of these goodies uh, that you have them when we're done. And we would really love for you to... Do whatever you can to not only self-actualize, self-actualize. That's a big uh, word. But also help. 
Oh, let me tell you. And it is a big word. It has so much meaning. But to also help others um, with this self-actualization. You know, this whole self-perception component is so important to how we express ourselves, to how we take action on who we are and the things that we've just described, right? This emotional attractor piece comes from all of this goodness that we need to constantly bring out in each of us. So I didn't want to interrupt you, Riley. I just wanted to make sure that everybody knows who's right. listening that we have these things right there for you. And, and some of the things that can help, Kathy, with the uh, where you are in current reality, kind of that gap, is some of these assessments. So we're, you know, we do things. I'll just name some of these assessments that we do that kind of help the emotional quotient inventory. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in a case example. There is some of the strength surveys like the Myers-Briggs and the DISC. We also really help people figure out where they're at uh, by doing 360-degree feedback. And, and those are assessments. Sometimes they're interviews because our self-perception often uh, may not be what other people see. How we see ourselves may not be the same way others see us. So, again, trying to get at that gap, these are just tools that we use. There's things called the Strength Finder. Um, there's the values in action and other assessments. So these are really resources, depending on the person, that we can kind of tailor that for the individual. So, Kathy, I got uh, a case example I could share. It would be interesting to get your feedback just on that as someone who is, you know, always trying to be their best. So uh, this is a leader in an organization, and they were really high in self-expression. So they, they're verbally really good. Self-actualization, the one we're talking about, is really high. You know, the scores go from 100 is average, where this person was uh, over 120, which is like a standard deviation and a half above the norm. Also really self-aware, also high in empathy. So you can see, you know, where they're going, and always we try to get them to do that more. And, and just to kind of get an idea... Um, are there times where they could overuse that? That's a fruitful conversation. But this person was also very low on impulse control, and we know that can be a derailer. You get off the track of success, and also low on stress tolerance, and also lower on independence. I mean, instead of making their own decisions, kind of checking things in with other folks, and confidence, self-regard was was lower. And not as assertive. So, you know, this one is why I wanted to present that. Really some great high scores, but then some significantly low scores. And I'll share just uh, what came up in the coaching. And, again, when you work on yourself, you want somebody else to better help you, you know, see some things, sometimes some blind spots. And because she was over-responsible, you know, self-actualization, trying to always be best for herself, but others, anytime anybody on her team would have an issue about something, uh, she thought, and this I think for many managers, oh, i got to fix this. So immediately went into fix role when it wasn't really her issue, but as a manager trying to fix it, and some of the coaching was, how do you turn that back to the individual and empower them to fix it? And I think as a parent and I think as a leader, we get into this fix-it role because we think that's what we should do. In, in the end, sometimes that, the manager is ultimately responsible. But so when you jump to fix it first, 
that is disempowering. So for her, it was really around delegating more, uh, using her empathy and self-awareness to really help others, and then deciding when to uh, be more assertive. So we talk about this go-to, and it's that idea of, okay, what do I need to do? What I mean, these situations to be brilliant. And for her, it was just uh, realizing, am I being too helpful right now? And without letting people maybe struggle a little bit, and then ask more questions first, maybe for three or four minutes, and then, she, you know, depending if they did not get the answer that she wants, give her answer. So those three or four minutes can be empowering, can be listening for the individual. And I think that's some of the, what we would call, Kathy, the micro-initiatives. Can she do that for three or four minutes? Well, sure, I could do that. These behavior changes, you know, that are huge, sometimes they're overwhelming. So we want to break it down into these little chunks that we call micro-initiatives. You know, it's, it, I love the language there, um, being too helpful, uh, listening to their ideas first, and catch versus pitch, right? Yeah. Uh, I think that was her language, but yeah, anytime you could use their language. Right, but it's so simple. I mean, when somebody is being too helpful or feeling like they have to be too helpful, you can ask yourself the question, right? What is it that this other person may need? Well, if I don't ask them, get their ideas first, I may just be, you know, putting a Band-Aid on something. It's, it's yeah. interesting. Uh, I worked with a woman, another woman, and it's, women are striking me um, very, very powerfully in this dialogue uh, because we, we like to make sure things are humming along. And, and from an evolutionary standpoint, uh, that has been our role in the hearth uh, of uh, where we are. Or whether it's in the home or the workplace, we like things to be smooth, and we are the ones who historically have made that work. So if you think about it, it's a natural behavior. In this instance, yep. the person that you're describing, I, I have a very similar experience, although this individual was a very senior executive at a large financial institution. She ran the IT department, which is a huge responsibility. She also had a young son. And so one day I was in her office. We were chatting as we, we do when we coach. And she said, I'm so sorry that uh, I'm late. Um, she said, I actually got pulled over by the police this morning on the interstate. And I said, what, what happened? She said, well, you know, I was going over the speed limit. And, of course, you know, I admitted to that. She she says, but, of course, that just delays you further, right? Once you're late, there's no catching up. Right. And then on top of it, you get a, a, a ticket. So I said, well, why, why were you rushing? You know, what's, what's the deal? Because to me, you're not late. You're on time. She said, no, no, I was late for the meeting before this one. And uh, the reason is uh, I was coming in to help a colleague who's having some issues at home with their family. So I came in early to start uh, something for them. Uh, I don't know whether it was a meeting or some kind of a you know, software issue, but the bottom line was this was a woman who thought she was doing the company a service, she was doing her employee a service, 
by coming in extra early to work. So if her work day started at 8, she was coming in that day at 6 because she was trying to fix what was going on for somebody else, right? And in the end, what happened? She's late anyway because she gets pulled over by the police for speeding. And it wasn't her first ticket, and it wasn't her second ticket. Oh, wow. Yeah, so now she was facing having her driver's license revoked. So, you know, we can put ourselves in situations where we're we're being too helpful, where we think we're fixing things uh, for those of us around us, and all we're doing is increasing our own stress level and potentially the stress level of those we're actually trying to help. That's so true, Kathy. I, I think when we're coaching, you know, and this could be for a leader too, Sometimes it's having the conversation of what do you say no to? We say yes automatically, and then we have so many yeses that what we're saying no to are sometimes the important thing of having energy at the end of the day, being with our family, um, that last meeting being your best, and or do you consciously want to say no to that? So raising that awareness of what do you say yes to, what do you say no to? And there only may be a few no's, but you got to have some of those no's in there. No, absolutely. Hey, Relly, we're going to go to a quick break. Uh, we're going to come right back because I think we're going to talk about some character traits uh, uh, that could be building blocks for exceptional leaders. So please don't go away. We'll be right back. You're listening to Leadership Development News. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at Leadership Forum INC. Say It Skillfully is my new radio show about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said. This is your host, Molly Chang. Call in and I'll help you find the right words to tackle any difficult conversation or ticklish situation you've been avoiding. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Join me live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific on The Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You're 
listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking about motivating yourself to be the best, but often we have so many leaders who are listeners. How do you motivate others? One of the interesting things, Kathy, as we get into some of these you know, character traits that, uh, from the research, think about the leaders that are listening. Only 10% of leaders have a personal development plan that they give regular attention now, they have a personal development plan, but give regular attention. I think often when someone gets into the leadership position, you know, they're focusing on their team if they lead a team, and are they focusing on themselves enough? And, Kathy, you mentioned this earlier. You know, you really got to start with yourself. And we're going to state a little bit of some of the research that we know that comes from what's called the new extraordinary leader, good manager, turning good managers into great leaders. And it's a 2020 book by Zenger Folkman, who are some you know, leaders in the field. What I like about their work, Kathy, is that it's really from these 350-degree feedback. You know, they had 1.5 million questionnaires, 121,000 leaders, uh, and they studied the top 10%. That's a lot what we do is trying to say, okay, what are the top 10% doing that maybe the average aren't? So now you have that information that you can provide to others, and it's really built on these uh, character building blocks. So I'll turn that over to you, and you can maybe share some of the character building blocks that we uh, that we try to build on as they do. Well, you, you know, it's interesting. I was just um, saying at the break that uh, many years ago, uh, when I was going through uh, a Kaiser Foundation program on intuition, they had flags called the laws of things like laws of consistency, law of tolerance, law of awareness, law of responsibility. And, um, you know, as I'm thinking about uh, these elements, I can't help but think of these character traits. Uh-huh. Uh, personal capability, Right. Uh, a focus uh, on results, but as we used to say in our our book, uh, "What Happy Companies Know," a focus on results with people, not at the expense of them. Right? Yeah. Uh, leading change. Well, it's not always leading change; it's enabling the change. And certainly in the Zanger Falkman list, they have, you know, interpersonal skills and uh, some vulnerability. Uh, you know, these are important and they're different than some of the things that we've seen in the past. Uh, you know, I'm not necessarily 100% in alignment with the language they're using um, in the book, but I, I get where they're trying to go. You know, and it's fascinating to me. I talk to a lot of young people these days uh, who are up and coming in uh, either their uh, coach and leadership development efforts, you know, obviously some through the College of Executive Coaching, but some through just my connections. 
uh, my network outside of, uh, you know, our professional uh, organization here, the Emotional Brilliance Academy. And I think that some of these things are so um, overdone uh, in terms of the words are overused. But what I forget is that every up-and-coming generation coming through the challenges of a business environment have to relearn these things. And as they come into these great leadership roles, whether it's on a team, as an industry leader, as a product or service leader, uh, or as a thought leader within their organization, we have to keep these things in the forefront uh, of their perspective. So character traits like, you know, personal capabilities, focus on results, leading change, interpersonal skills and vulnerability are certainly certainly important to revisit as often as we can. And you know that revisit, relearn, you said, I'll give you another re. There's a new book out called Rethink by Adam Grant. And it it's really is what we do with coaching. You know, we get people to think again, think deeper about what's going on because the other side of it, we're all on autopilot. So we're not thinking. We take shortcuts. And so just the idea of having a conversation with whether it's a coach or you're the leader and you're having conversations with your team or you're the parent and you're having conversations with your kids, you know, to really rethink, think deeper about these things versus going for the, you know, the quickest decision that we make and then running with that. So that's powerful. And go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to turn it back to you because I think there's some interesting research that we have just about the difference between men and women. And uh, I'll let you lead off with that, <laughs> and I'll kind of chime in because we work okay. with you know we work with both. And I think anytime you talk about the genders, and I know what I'm in training, I do a fair amount of that around emotional intelligence. It just gets people interested. The energy goes up. We talked about earlier that positive emotional energy. We all think we know about the other gender, and so it's interesting when we have kind of stats or information about it. Well, and that's... I'm laughing and chuckling to myself. Um, You know, one of my early focus points was on sex differences in behavior. One of my my thesis uh, topics when I was uh, a mere graduate student so, so long ago. But, you know, women, uh, it turns out in this um, Zanger and Folkman uh, storyline around their research and these capabilities, uh, you know, extraordinary leaders continue to demonstrate uh, character, right? Ethical standards, obviously integrity, uh, certainly that authenticity, that everybody needs to have when they're being a leader is always important. That will never change. You certainly don't want to try to be someone you're not. And a leader not only is, uh, as they say, vulnerable uh, in their uh, interpersonal skills, but they really try um, to be open and, as we like to say, transparent. But, you know, today it's very hard to be transparent uh, in a world where things are um, so convoluted. Uh, and so we tend to shy away from 
transparency, but open ourselves up more to resiliency. So um, women tend to, in this study, women tend to be better leaders than men on a, a number of different levels. And I don't want, you know, I don't want to alarm people all of a sudden, you know, some words are triggers, uh, but there's a challenge for all of us, you know, in, in the current context. So there may be situations where endurance makes the difference in some of these levels of women being better leaders than men. But I'll briefly go through them, really, and then you can help me out here and respond before we, uh, we leave yeah. this audacious list here at the top of the hour. It's like, get it out, Kathy, and then we'll run. No. <laughs> we're we're going to talk more about it, definitely. But uh, there were 16 competencies, uh, and they seem to appear uh, significantly different for women uh, on the upside. So there were 13 measures where women were significantly better. And things like taking initiative, uh, obviously the, the popular one, as I just said, resiliency versus the transparency, but displaying integrity uh, and honesty, uh, inspiring and motivating and building relationships. Men, however, were higher in strategic perspective. Now, this also goes to some of the behavioral research that I had been in, involved in when I was in graduate school where we notice that women are very good at short-term stress as long as they had support. Men were better at long-term stress as long as they had support. And I'm sure the tides have turned on these over the years, but think about it. Resiliency takes initiative, inspires and motivates and builds relationships. You know, those tend to be more short-term types of things, whereas men, looking at higher strategic perspectives, they like to take more of a longer term. And this is also why, as we look at these numbers and the data, again, not that I don't believe the data uh, that we have from our friends here at Singer and Falkman, but we need to keep in context all the time, what's going on around these individuals, where, where were they taken from, you know, what, econ- what socioeconomic background, what education background, right. so forth and so on. So I'm throwing this right so, back at you as we come. Okay, well, I'll, I'll give you some examples because <laughs> you, you and I have, have dealt with this a lot. And, and first of all, I think from the brain neuroscience, which we love to talk about, the brain is wired to you're always trying to predict what's going to happen. And I think that prediction is, you know, problem solving. And so we get way ahead of ourselves trying to solve a problem that may not be a problem. You know, that's what the brain does. It's like, oh, if this goes wrong, we've got to do this. If this goes wrong, we've got to do that. Well, I think, one, we're wired that way. Two, uh, I think for men, uh, maybe wired towards that, you know, same thing like you talk about mothers and, and women. But then as a manager... You think your job is to solve problems, like the case study I gave. And it, it's the idea that, do you think they may have thought about it more than you thought about it? I mean, so when I talk to managers, it's like, oh boy, they're a man or a woman. You know, they tell you something, and something pops out of your mouth in less than 10 seconds. 
And sometimes I say, well, how long do you, how long does it take before you give them your advice? And sometimes people say, you mean if I didn't interrupt them? <laughs> mean they got half a <laughs> sentence or two sentences out? And, and because the brain and then the, your role being manager, parent, you say, oh, well, you should try this. Oh, well, you know, why don't you do that? And often what do they say? Well, I already did that. Like, oh, well, wouldn't it be nice to slow down a little bit and find out what they tried? Find out what they did, because often your first shot is going to be wrong. And then you do the answer person dance. Oh, if that's not right, well, what about this? What about this? Because now you've been wrong, and you're just invalidating, not on purpose, but you're invalidating the person. You're not allowing them to grow. You're not allowing them to stretch. And who do they go to when they have a problem? It's the person trying to solve all the problems and it's not themselves. So this idea, and, I, and I'll just give this example and give it back to you, Kathy. I think uh, men do this, and this goes back to this, some of the work, men from Mars, women from Venus, which is kind of funny, that you know, this is a man or a manager, man, uh, man or a woman, goes right to trying to solve a problem. And so what does the person say? Well, you're not listening to me. And you go, what do you mean I'm not listening to you? I heard what you said. I'm being so helpful, just like I had in that case study. Look at how loving I am. I, I'm giving you an answer. I had to listen to you to get to giving you an answer when the person on the receiving side is, says, you're not listening. And then you go, huh? What do you mean I'm not listening? <laughs> that they said, I don't want an answer. And I know my relationship, my wife and I have gone through this, and we have this tool that we, we talk about even in EB, you save advice to the end. Step five is giving advice. You know, step one and two, hearing the problem. Step three is asking them, what do you think you should do? What's your, some of your thoughts? Step four, do you want some advice now? Sometimes they may say, no, this is great. Thanks for listening. And so my wife would say, Julie, you know, early on, uh, I'll give her advice because I'm being so helpful, so loving. She's like, uh, what step are you at? <laughs> and five comes after one, two, three, four. Maybe that's two minutes. <laughs> Well, really, we have come to the end of uh, another great show. And, you know, again, please go to eblifebook.com backslash the free trial, just backslash free trial, and get everything you can. We have all of our downloads from our show there for you. And every show, we're going to have a new download. So please don't miss out. You are going to get so much value every time you listen to our show it's all new for 2021. We love hearing from you. Please stop by, say hello at our site. And, Relly, anything else you have to add for I'll today? Just, I'll just say thank you, Kathy, and thanks to our listeners. You know, and have a great week. <laughs> You've been listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers, with your hosts, Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you gained some great ideas and inspiration on how to elevate your leadership skills. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel.